What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. I got big news for you, Tim. All right. I don't want to make too big a deal. I know, of course, Greg Miller, trending Mm -hmm. gamer, right? Chicken eating champion. I've officially pony. Ascend uh, Sony Pony for sure. Yes, 100%. I've officially ascended to the ranks of true gamer. I don't know if you saw this is all happening very fast right now, but I have officially Mm. gotten a gaming chair you might see here. Oh, so bad. It's good you're in a racing chair without that. No, no, gaming chair. A gaming chair, not a racing chair. See, it says right there zip chair gaming. Gaming. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. One list. For, my, for everybody supporting me for that uh, Gamers versus Cancer, American Cancer Society things. Turns out not only did I get Mizzou a trophy, Tim, got a gaming chair. So no more sitting on a kitchen chair recording our podcasts. I'm in a gaming chair. So look nice out, sitting in style. I'm loving it. And speaking of Bless, Blessing, how do you, you Jr., the new face of video games joining us? Uh, Tim Geddes, you might, you might not know this. I also have a surprise. Oh I'd like God. to introduce you all <laughs> to Whip my kitchen chair. It's great. Oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> It's very, it's very regular. Oh my god! It's very regular. Yeah, but it gets the job done. And like you might think, oh wow, uncomfortable chair, big deal. Kitchen. You remember he podcasts for five hours a day. P.S. I love you. It's two that. and a half hours every week, and wow. I just sit here. Did you change the angle of your? I was gonna say of your bedroom. I'm gonna say of your camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I changed where my, I changed where my bed is. Okay. Uh, I moved my bed against the wall over here so that I have more space, mainly for VR, but also right. it makes things look better. Yeah, we got uh, some good depth of field now. You're lit better. Yeah. I'm now it doesn't it. feel like I'm like cramped in a room. You, you guys can actually see like more of my room. And so there you, you see go. see the clouds in the distance. Yeah. We got the former informer, Imran Khan. I like what to announce you got to show us. I have the same old ass chair. I put the Sonic toy my girlfriend gave me over there. Nice. Good. So it that's really, that's ties the room together. It really does. Yeah. I've always been wondering, like, what is too much for a video game? Like, how many video game directions is too much? If you invited someone over, like, and said, this is where I live, what would be the point where they're like, okay, this is a little too... I've thought about it. As a single man, I've thought about this a lot. Here's where I throw the question back at you, though. Would you be, at that point, bringing anyone over to your house that wouldn't already know you're a video game dork? No, usually not. But there's, like, a, there's one Smash Brothers poster I have that I've not put up on the wall because it's, like... That's the tipping point? It's not that... If it were just regular Smash Brothers, sure, but it's, it's very strictly a Palatina poster that was like came mm. from Nintendo. It's like, mm. okay, this is just anime titties. At some point, this, oh. this, this says a thing about me that I'm not sure I want said. So, but it's like, a true thing. But is it truth? <laughs> that is the question. It has... Pit is on it and Link is on it. And those are both cool. But like the, the overall thing is Palatina. I'm like, hmm. If someone didn't know what this is about, what would they think of me? And I'm not yeah. like... It's still just Do you want to show before. us? Yeah, can I see uh, these can animations? See Hold on. Because there's no in judgment time. here on the Gamecast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, of course not. Everybody understands this is going well, on. Well, there's a reason why my, there's a reason why my walls are empty. For this. <laughs> yeah, fucking pervert. You know what I mean? God, how great would it be if, like, like just out of the blue, Tim, you start Gamescast, whatever it is, number next week, and all of a sudden in Blessings Wall, it's just covered in anime titties. <laughs> oh, my God. There it is. Hold on. Oh, that isn't Ooh. bad. No, that's that's very tasteful. That's Are you you can't even see cleavage? This kid's crazy. I, yeah. well, Tim I feel like out of context. I'm Google anime titties because I can't I, stand that. I still get it though. I still get it. But I, the new edition I have, this is going to make a little bit of noise because I, I don't have a shock mount yet. But I got a new stand. Oh, oh that's nice. awesome. it looks better in real life than it does there. I promise. But the cool thing, the cool feature, Greg, is this little clamp. Uh huh. I'm not going to do it because it's going to make too much rumbly, but it's an easy adjust. 
Oh, see now that I, that's why I'd like the microphone to be a bit higher, like here. You know, be I mean? a good thing to get. Hmm. You can go way higher, Kevin. I need you to get that for me. On it, boss man. Thank you, Kevin. Look at how tall it can get. Wow, that would be actually quite useful. Uh, did you have your headphones on, Imran? Because we were all saying those were let, that's a letdown. Those aren't those aren't anime titties. Those, that's, just, that's just a drawing of that's just a drawing. Okay, I I've had to Google anime titties over here, and I assure you what I'm seeing here in image search is not <laughs> nearly as offensive as what I just saw. It's not Wait, that okay, bad, anyway. but it's enough that I'd be like, I don't know, this is this is a big, bit of a big anime call. girl on a poster isn't like the first like impression you want to make on a person. If anything, like Mario, you know. Like yeah, because this is a gaming TV. show. Ladies want. and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together, talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. You can get the show with the exclusive post show ad-free by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, just like all of our beautiful Patreon producers did. Muhammad Muhammad, Al Tribesman, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming. Cody Banks, Trent Berry, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Joseph O. Yusuf, and Scott Radloff. We appreciate all of you. Um, if you don't want to be fully appreciated by me, that's cool too. You can watch it later on youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen to us, and I'll still appreciate you uh, by searching for Kind of Funny Gamescast on your favorite podcast service. Um, what else do I got for you? We're, we're sponsored today. Who are we sponsored by? Purple Mattresses, but I'll tell you about that later. I want to get right into it. Imran. What have you been playing? I have been playing. My life for the last week has been an XCOM two shaped hole. I wanted what? to just <laughs> so I I've never I had never played XCOM <laughs> yeah. before in my life. I have played XCOM likes like Mario and Rabbids, and I thought like okay, this shouldn't be too bad. I played tactical RPGs before in my life. Wow, yeah, you've never played XCOM. Never played XCOM. Wow, I I knew enough about it because my brother was pretty into it. But okay. like I I got a code I guess from Game Informer for like XCOM Two and War of the Chosen, like a year or so ago, and just never played it. So I figured I'm going through the backlog now. Might as well. That game starts off incredibly stressful, and because it, it never really gets calm, <laughs> it never really gets. <laughs> so I mean, well, yes and no because at the beginning I started with War of the Chosen because I googled it. I saw a Polygon article that says go ahead start with War of the Chosen. Don't bother with the original XCOM. Oh, like interesting. That. Uh, that was a terrible idea because it explains nothing to you. <laughs> and it's just the immediate thing of, uh, for other people who haven't played XCOM, there's like a world map and there's like a constant timer ticking up of this is when the entire game ends, unless you can stop it. So it's called the Avatar Project. And it got so stressful for me by like like the fourth night I was playing that game, I actually had nightmares because it was so close to ticking up and I had no idea how it was going to end. And I eventually like pushed it back, and now at this point in the game, I'm like rolling this game because it's so easy. But that game seeps into your head in a way I did not expect, of just constantly thinking about it, and the levels of stress that it gives me. I I should have stopped a long time ago, but now I'm like I'm sunk in, and now I have to keep going. But honestly, it might be actually be end up being one of the most affecting games I've ever played, just because I think it's going to cause like long-term traumatic disorder for me <laughs> wow. because of how like games are cool. <laughs> it is it is cool and i'm enjoying it it's just i've never been that stressed by a video game before hmm. wow yeah but it's, it's like a satisfying stress though like you're saying that like it's what would what, what the things that are causing you stress are they challenges that you are then overcoming and feeling like you beat the stress yes because now i'm like incredibly powerful so part of it is like the game explains nothing to you and I did not know you had to actually buy your upgrades for a, like 
most of that game. So I beat like one chosen and almost got to the other chosen, which are like hero units that kind of stalk you throughout the game. And then I, well, like before I got to the second one, I was like, oh, why isn't all my stuff improving? Like, why don't I see the different armor I see in other screenshots? I finally noticed the word, the button that says build at the bottom. It's like, oh, shit. I just haven't been using new equipment for the longest time. So it went from like, I was fighting enemies like at this kind of level, like this imbalance to like this all of a sudden. So now the entire game has been hilariously easy. Just one-shotting everything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I loved uh, I didn't, I, I played a bit of XCOM 2, played a bunch of XCOM 1, or well, not, let me see, XCOM, you know what I mean, when they brought it back and put it on consoles. Uh, and yeah, like, uh, that is a game, I mean, because are you doing, the, you're going the full nine and naming all the characters and getting attached and, because there's permadeath and all these other things. I stopped doing that, like, now it's just right. whoever comes in, whatever. See, yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense, yeah, I think it was the same way when I played XCOM originally, yeah, it was the first wave, wave for me that was, like, everybody who worked with me at IGN at the time, and you were doing the thing, you'd come in tomorrow, like, oh, Charles got shot, and yada, 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 now <laughs> Damon's dead, or this is what's happening, you're, pen, it, you're penned in, and, like, it's a, it's a fun game. I always thought uh, there was an old video they did with Jake Solomon from XCOM, uh, the de- developer in, like, the face of the original XCOM, and, and I keep saying original, you know what I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the Doom 2016 of XCOM, uh, which was... 2012 yeah xcom enemy unknown, XCOM 2012. Enemy unknown. yeah uh and he did a video where he went undercover and he was in a game store talking to people and there was one where he's trying to sell the, the kid on xcom he's like what about this game and the kid's like i don't know and he's like oh it's really fun you can play for like 13 hours and then just lose <laughs> and then it's just over and the kid's like that sounds terrible <laughs> So Imran, like when uh, I've never played XCOM, um, but I did play uh, the Rabbids one and I'm really into Fire Emblem. How would you compare the three of those games? I'd say Rabbids is like a more distilled version of this, without, like the base building and all the constant like stuff to think about aside from battle. Like Rabbids still gets pretty hard, but it wasn't like it wasn't ever overwhelming. And Fire Emblem is like a very easy version of this thing that I like. Even with permadeath on, I've never felt stress in Fire Emblem. If I did, if you're if you're passive and fairly careful, you're not going to die in Fire Emblem. This one, I feel like you can do you're, fine. You're much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I die so much. You can do fine, but like you're so, sometimes stuff will just happen. Like there's an enemy called Chrysalids that will appear from underground, be able to move and hit you and poison you all in the same turn. It's just one of those things of, well, there's nothing I could really could have done about that because I had no idea that thing was there. That's so then with, with those three games though, like with that being the case, like do you do you prefer one over the other? I think I, I don't know. I think I like them all in their own way. I'm probably gonna actually go back and finish Mario Rabbids because I didn't finish that and I ended up buying the Donkey Kong DLC when it was on sale a couple of days ago. So probably not right now, because I right off XCOM, that sounds like a terrible idea, but <laughs> eventually I'm going to do that now. Oh, I did have uh, one of the game I actually forgot to mention. Go for it, Man Eater. <laughs> do you like yeah. it? I yes and no. It's yeah. like as a as a game, it's a very repetitive. So people yep. who don't know, it's a it's a shark game, an open world shark RPG. So it's a very repetitive game in terms of side quests and actual main quests. Like go eat all the fish here, go fight these enemies, go kill this many humans, whatever. I think I started to like it better once I understood that it's basically just crackdown underwater. That it's cause enough chaos and eventually something bigger will happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that bigger thing could be you've evolved a, an electric fin. So now when you dodge things, you'll cause a tur- current of electricity around you. Or you've got like bone teeth that now that when you chomp onto things, it's easier to grab onto them. 
it's that kind of thing of you start doing that more and more and you eat 10 humans and a bounty hunter comes out and you kill that bounty hunter and that's the boss or there's like a an apex predator you got to kill yeah. it's it's not a fantastic game and like for 40 bucks that's a little more expensive than i think it's probably worth but i think it's right around there but as like as someone who doesn't have take as many walks these days or commute as much it's a good podcast game it's a good game to just like <laughs> chill out veg out like listen to something else where you're just eating a bunch of predators yeah it i was surprised because i thought I, I played it too uh i didn't finish it but i when i started it up it was very much like oh cool it's what I always say I like out of Ubisoft games and those open world RPGs of checklists, go there, fight all these things, kill all, there's quests over here, go collect license plates. There's, you know, hidden landmarks for you to go hit and, or, you know, discover, I should say more than hidden and uh, flesh out the world, different environments. There's a, you know, there's leveling. It's a, it's an RPG the way you'd expect. And yet for me, it was just that the actual gameplay I found, so meh. you know what i mean of like actually attacking and using r2 over and over again to bite or thrash around on stuff and it's the fact of like the lock-on's kind of bogus where you like you shoot through past somebody and it's behind you now and you gotta turn around and try to find it again and it was just like yeah. i was playing it and i think in a slower period or just a quieter period i still would have played more of it probably because okay whatever it's still there but like I, I there's so many things I like a lot about it. Like the idea obviously is kooky and weird. I do like the idea of as you go through and level up, you're unlocking like you're talking about electric teeth or a better tail whip or all these different things. Uh, and like you're talking about, it's got the GTA wanted system. So, you know, you get the bounty hunters coming after you. So then there's like, you know, hero units to take down there and stuff like that. And I think the the way they set up the game is so smart where it's as if you're watching a TV show called Maneater, very much like Dead- Deadliest Catch with the narrative. If you've ever watched Deadliest Catch, which I, for some reason, watched a lot of it when I was back in like Missouri <laughs> early IGN days. So, it's, but it's this guy totally doing the dead on impression of just like, it's now Captain Steve's. Yeah, yeah, it is, right? He's playing, yeah. he's, it's, I thought it was Chris Parnell and I couldn't, I never actually looked it up because he's playing it. Chris Parnell, I think, has that range where he can go super crazy with it, but he plays it just serious, but then crazy enough where it's not normal. Uh, his his delivery is great and makes it entertaining. And I do think the characters they're giving you and like the overarching story they give you is interesting. It was just, yeah, that was the actual gameplay of it. I was like, oh, I'm going to move on to something else. Every time I feel that game getting repetitive, I start like, I do a thing where I jump on a boat and eat somebody. And it's like, oh, that's really fun. That's that's yeah. the dumb kind of fun. And then I'm like, okay, I'm back in for like, this buys me another hour. What's interesting about it is that, uh, and I know Tim, we were talking about are we, how much do we want to do this? I'm sorry, I'm going into one of my games that I've been playing. It's a combination of what you're, you've been talking about. I started uh, Minecraft Dungeons yesterday on PlayStation 4, uh, a game I've been looking forward to uh, just from screens. Haven't played it, haven't seen it, but I like dungeon crawlers. I like, you know, Diablo and looters and all that jazz. And there was that one I played earlier this year whose name escapes me that was like pixelated and very much like this. Um, I started up and started playing, and it is just like you're talking about with Maneater. I think a perfect podcast game. Today, I played you know the entire hour of Kind of Funny Games Daily. I listened to uh, Blessing and Adam host the show w- while we had Minecraft Dungeons on mute and just went through it and hacked at everything, right? And was using my arrows and doing all these different things as I went through and just clowned out all these people in Minecraft Dungeons. And it's interesting, too, because my criticism of starting it was – all right, this is fun, but is it? It's it seems mindless. Like it's super easy. The first couple missions I got through without any issue at all, and then it was I started getting challenged and starting to have different kinds of uh, swarms come in that you had to fight. Right, and like you know, some are ranged, some are this. There's magicians doing this. Like it's going up, and then similar to you, what you're talking about of not noticing, you could upgrade. I had done like three or four missions before. 
I finally was like, wait, where's all this loot I'm getting going? And finally noticed like I'd been totally ignoring the up on the D-pad and or down on the D-pad, whatever it is, to actually open your inventory. And then it was like all these weapons and all these things and the enchantments to give and like suddenly fill out my, you know, hotkey bar that I can actually go through and use all these different things. And so immediately stepped it up and immediately it was like, a, you know, in the middle of games daily, turned that corner of like, oh, fuck, like I'm going to spend so much time in here. I'm just horsing around you run the missions and there's like a bar showing you what level you are and what level this is suggested to be at and then hard you see harder versions of that same environment on the uh actual thing to fill in and it seems like seamless in uh co-op drop and drop out for online stuff and it seems like it's really cool from what i've played i'll have more on ps i love you but it was so it, couple, oh shit fuck couple questions i have about that do you think that the minecraft ip is is important to being a part of this game does it add to it at all I think it's important in the way it sells it. It gives it a style immediately. I don't, when I'm playing it and somebody who play, has played a lot of Minecraft on console, um, I'm not like, oh man, it's neat to be back in the Minecraft world. Like it is like, oh, there's a creeper. I know that if I don't kill him, he's going to explode, right? There's that. Like uh, when Enderman showed up today, I was like, what the fuck? Oh God, and he started chasing me. And it was like, there's a dash roll button on it that like takes time to recharge. So it was all of a sudden of trying to figure out how do I actually engage him and not just get climbed out and killed. Cause it's a very forgiving dungeon crawler, right? Of, Hey, like, you know, you have infinite health potion. You just have to wait for it to, uh, for its cooldown to finish. So it was that if I got hit and I needed to use it, cool. Now I have to at least stay alive long enough for that to go again. Same thing with the dash of like, I could dash unlimited times. It's just got a cooldown to it. So you have to get in the rhythm of who you're fighting, which then becomes what I love about these kind of games that are super simple, right? Of just walking and hacking everything, shoot from a distance. And like, when I you walk into a room and it's the skeletons you know from Minecraft who, if you play Minecraft, you know shoot arrows at you. Like they're easy enough to dodge roll or walk right around and shoot or shoot or and hit and shoot or shoot back at. Right. Same thing with the zombie. Same thing with a creeper. Same thing even with uh, some of the blob dudes that are coming at you. But it's when you're in a room of them and suddenly you're like, oh shit, you're spinning plates of like all right, cool. I got to take out the ranged person, but I can't get close to that. And Enderman's chasing me. So if I run further enough, I can drag him away, hopefully from the mob and actually get him down. Hmm. So yeah, I don't I like, I'm sorry to answer your question. I think all it does is drop. It, it gives it a, uh, they're telling a story on top of all this too, where they're like, and to what I, to, from what I know of Minecraft, I've never heard lore like this or whatever, where they're talking very much about this person and his quest and how, what he's doing and then who you are here as an adventurer to go out and save the day and do all this different stuff. Like, it seems like they're just using the Minecraft look and notes from what you already know of Minecraft to tell you a fairy tale inside of it. Hmm. So moving on to the topic of the show, I want to do controversial gaming opinions. <laughs> now, there's a, we've done this before, uh, infamously, when uh, Jared Petty had some of the wildest things a human being has ever said. Uh, I'm not going to spoil those for you. You should go back and check that out, episode out as well. But we got a new crew now. We got a whole bunch of new people. So I kind of wanted to hear a couple of your guys' opinions. But then a whole bunch of best friends also sent in their answers to patreon.com slash kind of funny game. So I want to go through theirs as well. On top of that, there's a reset era thread um, that originally like gave me this idea of a ton of people giving opinions. I kind of want to read through some of those and give our opinions on their opinions because that's the most fun thing to do. You know what the I'm talking about? I've ever yeah, ignored. man. The only thread what? I've ever ignored. Like, oh, I put yeah? on ignore, so I don't see that thread. Well, there we go. Now you can't <laughs> ignore it, Imran. You're here. You You're part of this. Mm -hmm. um, wait, while, while I have you on this topic, Imran, we've talked about this recently. I think it might have been in a post show, it but... Yeah, I, it was you and me. I, thought, I, I don't even know if it was a post show. I think it might have just been a Skype call between you and me. Well, we, 
Imran is a name that I've seen on Reset Era a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. And I never knew it was you. I could have assumed, but I'm just like, I always just know this. There's this dude with an avatar that is Conan O'Brien. Yeah. I don't remember where I think back when scribble knots first came out, like the artist for scribble knots was like in a gaff thread. It was like, I'll just make avatars for people. And I was like, can you make me one of Conan? Cause I think I had like a Conan avatar at the time. And this but is why? like, <laughs> that's the question <laughs> me, Kevin and Greg were trying to figure this out. Cause I had this revelation that this guy that I've been respecting for years on these sites was you, which I love. <laughs> and then on top of that, I'm like, but why is it Conan? I don't remember. I, I think it was like, just, I had a Conan O'Brien avatar. Cause it was like a funny thing. Like it was a, like some skit I thought was funny. And that like, that was my avatar on gaff. And at the time, I think right after that is when, because I was shocking Alberto there, and I got a tag that was like too reasonable for this forum or something like that. And I think since people knew me with that avatar, that's just what I kept. I was like, well, if I change it, no one's going to know who Branding. I am. I respect that. I respect <laughs> that. Funny. Awesome. Anyways, yeah. I love it. Let's start with you, Imran. What's a controversial gaming opinion? Oh, boy. This is going to be... This will be controversial, but I think also I'll just get a lot of hate for it in general. That's I don't. This is. this is actually kind of topical too, so maybe the ne- this next release will change my mind in some way. I don't think Naughty Dog's games are all that good. <laughs> get the fuck out of here! Like, I, th- I think Uncharted Two. <laughs> I think Uncharted Two is one of the best games of that generation, maybe of all time. I don't think one three one and three I think are just legitimately not great games. Four didn't hit me that well. And I think Last of Us is a very good video game, but the story that they put for it was like zombie tropes over and over and two very interesting characters who were straight up taken from the road. But it's well told. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. Like, Naughty Dog has a lot of money. Or to put it more accurately, Sony has a lot of money. And they will not let any game Naughty Dog makes be under-budgeted in any way. And and that, that makes up for a lot of polish and a lot of things that I think people will really appreciate. It's just that, I, I think I said this in the games that was blessing a lot of while ago, but Sony games don't have any rough edges. And that to me kind of comes off a lot pretty boring in some ways that there's no, the, the hooks that are there are the hook is, this is a very good video game. That is a good video game in the way, you know, all good video games and Naughty Dog exemplifies that more than any other game or any other studio. And to me, it's like, okay, I understand that Drake, now, like Drake now has a million animations for moving around things or touching every wall and all that stuff, but it also means that when I'm trying to control on a pinpoint thing or trying to make a headshot in Uncharted 3, it feels weird to me, and it doesn't feel like if they just made it like a single frame turnaround. You know hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah it's, in- it's interesting you say that because it's like um, I just replayed Last of Us in the DLC, and we're going to get into that, um, if I remember correctly, next week for a spoiler cast we're going to do of uh, The Last of Us Part 1. Um, stay tuned to kind of funny's Twitter for more information on that. We're Greg including Miller. Left Behind in that, right? Yes, Left Behind yeah. will be including that as well. Um, playing through them again, it it I agree with a lot of what you're saying in the sense of like, wow, especially in a, in a world now, it's 2020 looking back at how many zombie things have kind of came out went away, came back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> and like kind of kept happening. Seeing Walking Dead go from being like this amazing thing to just on the TV side, kind of just taking a huge shit. And then on the comic side, legitimately just ending. It's like a lot of the tropes and a lot of things that happen, like add the road to that, all, add all this other stuff. It's not like it did anything for the first time, but it did it really well. But then you add on the gameplay stuff and what you're talking about. And 
I feel like it doesn't make sense to me that it's not a good game. It is a good, there's a good game there and it might not be have that pinpoint accuracy and all that stuff, but it's like all of the systems work together and it does feel good. It feels different. It does feel a little too perfect at times. And the, the gameplay doesn't allow me to, you know, do shoot exactly where I need to at all times. But I feel like that's kind of amplified by the design and by where you need to shoot. I think like, so the example I was thinking of in my head is like when you're hiding from a clicker, a clicker will see Joel. It will not see Ellie or whoever else is with you. And that from a gameplay perspective, makes total sense. That would be so fucking annoying if they could see Ellie. On the other hand, when a clicker is literally standing on Ellie, I'm like, what the fuck? Like this doesn't, (laughs) this is dumb. But also like, I agree with you. I shouldn't have said not a good game. I think they're good games. It just, Maybe this is a, because I've been playing video games for 30 years. It's the new ideas that are coupled with bad gameplay tend to be more interesting than the old ideas that are coupled with good gameplay. And I understand that's very paradoxical, but I see I see Naughty Dog games as a very a very emblematic of that kind of thing that I find kind of boring. Of mm. these are all very good games that, for the most part, they're they reach for a level of like cinematic gameplay in an era where we were trying to do like that nihilistic or cynical level of video game stories that all the other like they coalesced into something that's like all right i recognize this is good i enjoyed playing this game but it didn't blow me away and i really wished it would have and i think the the pedigree and the budget and the uh critical consensus around it made it made me feel like this should have been more than i felt from it i can i I don't necessarily agree, but I definitely understand where you're coming from as far as like Naughty Dog. Cause like for me, the thing that made Last of Us special when it originally came out was kind of the fact that it was a zombie game that was going through those tropes. But I think it felt unique as a video game that was doing all those things and as like a very narrative video game that was doing all those things. And so when it came out, it felt kind of special in that regard. Even though like you could point to The Walking Dead uh, from Telltale's, another game that was doing like a lot of the same zombie tropes. But I think overall, like as a third-person action game, that game got uh, things right in a way that made it stand out as special. But like zooming out and and looking at Naughty Dog as a studio, like I definitely I, I get the idea that like a, a lot of their games do feel polished to a T, and that's the thing that you can kind of translate to to, to first-party games from Sony in general. Like this is a conversation we've actually been having on PS Love You about like uh, the, I, I want to say it was this last episode where where we were talking about the fact that. I've been replaying The Last of Us and like as I've been replaying it, the more and more I play it, the more and more I'm like, man, I kind of like I kind of I think I like God of War way better than this. Uh, And the reason why I kind of came down on that is because like if I when I look at the elements that I that I find special about The Last of Us, uh, or at least that I found very special at the time when I first played it, like it did kind of come down to uh, great polish, like good writing. uh, The gameplay felt right to me, like everything about The Last of Us for me at the time I was playing it in 2013 felt like the peak you could get uh you could get to as far as like polish and gameplay and story and all that stuff working together in a way that in the way that uh technology has progressed in the last like seven years that has all kind of led up to god of war in a similar way being like for me this very technical achievement to where i'm like okay like now god of war is the game that i look at as like all right this is this is graphically this is beautiful i i love the story like the, the ways in which they're like using this this new console to kind of uh uh well take advantage of it and like 
depict the story in a way that feels technologically advanced uh in ways that feel like they're pushing for the envelope that last was set like you know i i look at those things and i'm like all right cool like I, I think those are the reasons why why I'm in I, I'm enjoying a lot of Sony first party games more so than a lot of other games. But in a lot of ways, those things can be boring. Like in a lot of ways, like I almost prefer games that are like your your Metal Gear Solid Fives or your Dishonored or games that feel like they're more meant for you to have autonomy as a player and more me- meant for you to kind of problem solve in a way that I don't I don't think you really problem solve all that much in Naughty Dog games. I don't know if that makes sense. But no, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of problem solve. Like I, I feel like there's kind of an on rails element to a lot of Sony first party games, which I, I think you, you might be able to like categorize as one of my controversial opinions. Like I think, like when I, when I look at Uncharted, and I look at Last of Us, and I look at like a lot of the Sony first party games that I love. I think what it, what they kind of come down to, as far as the reasons why I love them, are the production value, are the budget, are like the memorable characters in, in, in these things. But when it comes to like the actual gameplay of it, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, like a lot of the times, I kind of crave the I I kind of crave like the Breath of the Wilds of the world, where where I feel like I'm more t- I'm more, I'm more so taking uh, ownership as as far as like how I want to play. Uh, when I'm playing Uncharted, I don't ne- I don't necessarily feel like I'm given the option of like sure. how how do I want to play. I feel like I'm kind of going through the motions. All these pirates are coming in this there. room, kill them, and then you have to swing from this thing to that thing over there. Yeah. Yeah, you get to and choose like the gun you're using, but you're still doing it a certain way. Even Last of Us, right? Do you want to go loud or do you want to go uh, quiet and stealthy? Right? There's still a choice yeah. to be made there, but you're still doing the same thing in the same area, the same box. Yeah, like even games like Spider-Man or like uh, I didn't play much of Days Gone, so I'm not gonna use that as, as as an example. But like, I feel like you could point you could point to the games where you're like, oh well, you can choose how to play Spider-Man. But I think when it comes down to it, like when we have our talks about what we did while playing Spider-Man, a lot of those conversations are gonna be similar because we went through this through the same uh to like the same gameplay loop through the same strokes because those games like i i feel like i don't know there's some there's something in that sony first party formula that works perfectly that works amazingly but at the same time like i think it could lead to like how imran is feeling as far as those games kind of being uninteresting at times like but is Go that- Tsushima is a good example because i i'm sure i'm going to put 100 hours in that game i'm sure i'm going to enjoy it but like watching the state of play i was going okay yeah that's that's assassin's creed cool finally they well, put one in go is like do you think this is actually more an indictment of third party or i'm sorry not third party uh third person action games in general because i feel like when imran was talking about you know like it's a good game i don't think it's amazing i don't think it's this like for me my example of that is one of my most loved games of recent memory right is assassin's creed odyssey where playing assassin's creed odyssey and jumping back into it and going through it there even though i love doing it and i love enjoying it it's it you know, there's those moments where the, you know, I see through the fourth wall and I'm like, I'm just doing the same thing I've done a million times. You know what I mean? I know what I notice sometimes is when I go to accept a mission or turn something in and I look at my phone and I'm like, so why don't I just skip this cutscene and run to the gameplay? But I love hearing Cassandra and I love the story, but I love the story sometimes, sometimes in a way I love having whatever movie on Netflix while I, I, I put together a document or, you know, text him about something where it's like, it doesn't need my full attention. But then with that, but then when I think about it, that just means that I'm coming back and fast traveling to a location, running to an objective, getting into a battle with gameplay. I find really engaging, right. As I dodge around and do things. And, you know, I, yeah, I use a poison build in Odyssey. That means that maybe if you're running with a two handed melee weapon, that's, we have those differences, but, 
I am just, you know, 100 plus hours into the game. I am still just churning through battles the yeah, same way I churn through, through at, I mean, you know, hour 10, hour 20, hour 30. There's something to be said for cozy games. Like for me, I've had this discussion with my girlfriend a couple of times because that's kind of her brand of, oh, this game is just cozy. And like Spider-Man is that example for me of, I like just being in this world and swinging around and just in, not even really thinking about it. Just the actual act of doing, holding my controller and doing this action is pleasant for me and i know a lot of people wouldn't describe the last of us as a cozy game but for some a lot of people that is it's a game that you don't ever have to worry about something being bad in it it's not sure like we, we have the, i don't think the story is ambitious or anything like that but maybe people don't want a, an ambitious story that's also going to be bad they want a story that they know is going to be good because it's based on well-worn foundational tropes in the zombie universe Great you don't think the story of last of us is ambitious I don't. I mean, the original Last of Us. Yeah, no. Oh, I know. Yeah, trust me. I'm. I'm. As everyone knows, I have Last of Us Part Two, and I'm walking a fine line of wanting to say things that I can't say. I, well, I can't I'm, say anything I'm about it. Different pros and cons. I can uh, fake spoil Last it. Last of Us One. You don't think it was ambitious to an extent or at all? I think the. Are we talking in terms of general fiction or in video games? I don't know, because like, if you were to talk to me about my stories and games and characters and all that shit, I would cite Last of Us, and I would talk about. I the, the tired Greg Miller story though of the end of breaking into the doctor's office spoilers for Last of Us, breaking into the doctor's the surgery room right and waiting for the choice and the choice not coming and dying and then being like oh fuck I have to kill people or at least push them down or whatever to get Ellie like I don't get a choice here this is the story they're telling me which I think it, it was interesting but it was interesting as a sort of a not backlash but reaction to the way certain things like Telltale and other narrative fiction was going at the time sure. so it was. To knock you that choice was like a more, it was a bold thing to do, but it wasn't necessarily ambitious is a weird word to use because it's going to be very hard to define. And a lot of people hear unambitious and they think that's bad, but it's not sure. necessarily what, bad. What would you, for this context, what would you define as a ambitious video game story? Mario. That worked. Not, nine, <laughs> you know, like that, an ambitious story that matches the quality level of. Nine versions, nine doors, nine something, nine nine nine. The DS visual novel. It is a very interesting thing that uh, basically it takes the idea of visual novels and kind of flips them on their heads. And I'm not going to try and sell this a visual novel to people here, but it is. It took the format and the limitations of it and managed to make some use those limitations to make something interesting out of it. I think Last of Us took a lot of money and made an interesting story out of it, but I don't think that's necessarily like. It's like to me, it's like a Marvel movie. It's extremely, extremely enjoyable, but it's not going to be the you know. I don't want to say Oscar winning because Oscars are bullshit, but it's not going to break any walls down. Heart. Huh. Greg Miller, controversial opinion to say the least. Like Ellie's <laughs> gay, right? I know that's why we shouldn't argue it. I guess. <laughs> I've also, it's the same spot. It's your controversial opinion. I, I downloaded Left Behind last week, so I will play that for the first time sometime in the next couple of days. Cool oh, man, I really enjoyed it. Greg Miller, what's a controversial gaming opinion? On oh, I wrote down a whole bunch because I was I I wasn't I didn't know we were going through a thread or talking to people. So I got well, this is my day. We're now we're just we're on this field. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Everyone's coming for my knees with this naughty dog shit. I'll come for him. If you <laughs> played nine, nine, nine sucks. <laughs> if you played one Yakuza game, you've played them all. Yeah, As I can agree with that. Okay, good. Because I feel like that I said that about so for context, oh, God, Yakuza is awesome. Go. If you've never played Yakuza, go play a Yakuza game. I love Yakuza games. I reviewed, I forget how many at IGN. That's where my problem lies. <laughs> and this is when I start kept coming back to them. I was to review them. I was like, okay, cool. Like some of the crane games are the exact same things. You know what I mean? Like I can't lodge you for this 
fully realized uh, Tokyo or whatever because, or you know, um, the Red Light District. Uh, Commodore, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I can't lodge you for that because it's kind of the same thing I just did. And I know that obviously they've added zombies. They've added multiple player characters. They've had all these different things. But it's that thing of after getting out of IGN and when Ryuza really caught fire here in the West, I think. Ah, Yakuza 0. Uh, Yakuza, I'd, I'd grab them, put them in, and start playing. And it would just be like, okay, God, I feel like I've done all this before. And I understand now uh, Kaz is younger. It's a different character. It's this. I'm just like... I got to take long, uh, time off of this before I'm able to ever come back to it, I think. Yeah. And when I said that, I, I think about Yakuza 0, even though I could be mistaken about which one, I remember just getting oh, torn it's, apart. It's more Yakuza. And exactly. People yeah, people do that in my face like for that. a long time. People they did still not do. like it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I meant it as a compliment. I mean, it's more Yakuza. Yakuza is great. You should play it if that's your jam. But I was just like, I can't do this again. It is, again, like one of those comfy games. Like, honestly, it... A terrible comparison might not be it's like fast and the furious in a way of you know what you're getting you know exactly yeah. what you're getting when you go in and if you're a big fan of that series even knowing what you're gonna getting is like still extremely great it's still exciting as hell and but if you're not like a big fan if you're someone who kind of like pokes in it's like oh they're still in cars doing that like i understand <laughs> like <laughs> I was I was just on a, a Funhouse podcast, Filmhouse, uh, with Nick and James and Adam, and we were talking about Fast and Furious a lot. Um, no one's surprised, but <laughs> something that I, I said in it that I, I've never kind of put together before, like they're asking me like why I like it, and I came up with it's a franchise that rewards you for liking it, mm-hmm. where every single time a new one comes out or every single time there's a trailer or something, it's like it's the people that that want to like it and then commit to it that they're making these movies for. So it's like if you are just going in and like you're from the outside looking at it, you're like, I don't get it. And I feel like Yakuza is similar there where it's yes. like it is to the outsider. It's like they're all exactly the same and they're not adding the things you want. But it's like it's the little changes they make that you're like, this is what's special to me. I'm not calling you out of someone that you've obviously played a lot of the Yakuza's. But no, but I, I have played a lot of them and I respect them and like them. But I wouldn't say I'm a Yakuza fan. Like gotcha. so what you're saying okay. makes sense. Yeah. Where it's like I just feel like with the Fast and Furious movies, like at some point I, I can imagine so many people being like they're interchangeable but it's like to me it's like that's insanity but it's like yeah. that yeah. i understand that i'm insane for saying that but i've invested so much and it's like that it's those little tiny things where it's like oh they're giving me what i want from this it's like overdosing on chocolate at some point <laughs> but um yeah okay bless chest still hurts man from here from hearing what Amaral had to say about the last list <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it hurts it hurts <laughs> It's still a good game. I just, <laughs> but the just story did not hit me as hard about the story. story. This whole topic oh, is meant to hurt everybody's feelings. Physically hurt. I'm looking forward to the subreddit comments after this. Oh, honestly. God. Oh, God. Oh, man. I think journey is a boring video game. and I don't understand what's special about it. <laughs> I like, I, you when I played through, and honestly, I that extends to all uh, that, that. I don't want to attack the studio, but <laughs> I feel like about all around there. Your flow, we're going for yeah, everybody. Flower and flow, but like I tried playing flower and flow, and like I beat I beat flower before I, I think before I beat journey, and then I I beat journey after it. And while playing through through all those games, I didn't beat flow because I was at that point I was like I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. But while while playing through those games, I was just like I don't get it especially journey like journey is as a game that i hear people talk about is one of the one of the best games of that generation like as as i was finishing up that game i didn't know i don't think i i even understood the feelings i was supposed to supposed to be feeling like it felt it felt cool as like an art piece 
I guess, but that's kind of where the extent of that kind of went. Like I was like, okay, okay, this is beautiful. Like it looks great. Uh, it like in terms of gameplay, like I it didn't really do anything for me there, and I don't think it's supposed to really do anything as far as gameplay is concerned. Like it's it seems like it's really a game that's meant meant to be the experience. It's um, interesting you say this because you are such a big fan of Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, which I think and that are that's very kind of similar where, games. But th- that's my thing too, is that like as somebody who's played Eco and as somebody who really loves Eco, I'm like, why don't people look back at Eco with like the reverence that people talk about Journey with? Because I feel like Eco in a lot of ways did what Journey did first. It didn't have the multiplayer element that Journey has, but right. I think if, if you're talking about like a beautiful game that is that is about the journey, that is about you and another and another person going through this thing together, having like this this back and forth, like. Eco to me is the game that like succeeded on all those levels in a way where I'm like, while playing through Journey, I was like, all right, this seems like a three hour long or two hour long or however long it is, uh, Eco that is less interesting to me. That looks beautiful graphically. Can I ask, when did you play anything. Journey? Like what year? 2015, I want to say. Were there a lot of people still playing multiplayer at that time? I I started playing it when it came to PS Plus, so there were people on multiplayer. Okay, I for me that game was a very singular experience where like half of it was isolation. Then towards the end, like more people started filtering in, and like I lost someone in the snow, and then I saw them again at the end of the game. Like that was genuinely imaginative and wonderful. But if you don't have that kind of experience, if you can't build a narrative around it, if it's just like oh well, there's a dude, then that's a it's a kind of boring game just on its own from a game design perspective. It's the, it's a narrative, a merchant narrative you can build out of it. And I think made that game special. So if you don't have it, then it doesn't really come off great. Yeah. yeah I, even I, without I guess... the immersion stuff though, it's the, to me, it's the end. Like to me, it's the, like the final moments getting to the, the top of the mountain. Like that, that shit's powerful, but it's, it is a, what you take out of it type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think they succeeded at that. Just yeah, I got nothing out of it. Sitting there like, I don't get it. I was like, is this an Inception situation? Like, am I supposed to like understand that the, that the top's still sp- spinning or something? Like, when I finished, I was just like, all right, cool, mountain. Like, yeah, this this, this is cool. Like, I did have the experience of people coming into my game and all that stuff. Uh, and like, I, I I don't even think I had it spoiled for me. Like, I think as I was playing it, like, I had to make the realization that like, oh, I think this is another player. Um, but even doing that, like. I don't know. I don't like nothing about it really hit me as like anything extraordinary as I was going through it. So, like I said, same, same with Flower also, but Flower at least had like the global warming message that I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Flower, man. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to submit your questions and submissions for us to read on this show. Ethan and Nander writes in, and uh, he might be on Imran's side here. Naughty Dog's shooting mechanics are super janky and never feel good. I mean, I agree with that up till Uncharted. Well, up till Last of Us. Like, I think Uncharted one through three shooting isn't that great. I thought two was fine. Three took a weird. Three took a weird step backwards, and I think like it was a a glitch that they didn't realize. But like, I played that game at launch, so it was one of those things. Of I looked back at my Uncharted two stats because they give you stats of your headshots, and headshots were like eighty percent for me in that game. And I looked at Uncharted three; it was like forty percent or something absurdly low. So something was wrong with the aiming controls in that game. And I think they did end up fixing that after a while. Yeah, there was some, I remember that for Uncharted 3. There was indeed a, a patch that did something based on player <laughs> feedback. And I think they, I want to say they brought in post-launch a bunch of fans to do stuff and then put it out bait and have like a blog post about it. Mm, but that, I've never felt the shooting, I also didn't shoot that much in Last of Us unless I had to, so I can't recall. 
it's never been like GTA bad, but it's yeah, always been. <laughs> and it's that's always what's been funny is that I feel like it's a common kind of statement to say that the shooting in the Naughty Dog games aren't good, and they compare it to Grand Theft Auto, and like that's where I'm like. I feel like with the scenarios you're putting in these Naughty Dog games, it kind of the monster closet moments, they're built around not the shooting not needing to be insane. So it's like I, it never feels bad to me because it always feels like I'm able to do what I need to accomplish. And if I don't, it restarts so quickly and you're just in the same room and you're like, all right, cool, I know what to do this time. It's like it even the shooting feels linear, but I feel like that's kind mm-hmm. of intended. Like it's I not see, supposed it, to be a shooting game. That's one of my things, and this is definitely if you want to throw it on the evidence pile for Sony Pony or you know everybody knows that I fucking adore Naughty Dog. Uh, taking very specifically, everybody stick with me. If you remember when I came back from previewing The Last of Us Part Two, right, and I told you about the two different scenarios, and there was the one where I went all the way through all the different houses and lost the people, and the dog sniffed out my trail, and then I dropped down, and Joel grabbed me, right? He's like, "I let you do this alone." All of that, right? Like I talked about it in that Gamescast preview of it coming from that event of the amount of times where you would be, I'd be in the scenario, right? And it would be down to like my last few shots and I would just get that person, right? I would just take that person out. For me, I've always taken the Naughty Dog, and granted, again, like, you know, Andy made a, took a shot at me during Predator last night of like, you're not that great at aiming in video games. You're like, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, it's true that like, for me, I'm not the <laughs> Twitch shooter. Because he was like, there's no way. You didn't shoot me on purpose. I'm like, I fucking shot you on purpose. Like, you couldn't make that shot. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Now you've said something I will never let you live down because you really hurt me. But to his credit, <laughs> I'm not the Twitch shooter. I'm not the first person. Per- I'm not here with the mouse and keyboard because I want that kind of accuracy, right? So... For Uncharted, I never worried about or thought about it because for me, it wasn't those. It wasn't that kind of game of like the, you know even when you like have the pistol right and the circ- circular red- reticle comes up and it gets just a little bit smaller. It's never like the exact crosshairs of like you're gonna hit them right there between the eyes. Last of Us, I feel in the same vein of both Last of Us Part One and the preview section. I'm I'm referencing very specifically everybody. Uh, I feel like the gunplay is used as part of the story. Where it is like, you know, you're scavenged for every bullet, so you want every bullet to count. So in Last of Us Part 1, when it is down to you and you're trying to take out these clickers, but then it goes wrong and you suddenly go through every weapon in your arsenal and you get down and you're exhausted and you have nothing left or you have one bullet left. Or like I talked about specifically in the Last of Us Part 2 preview, right, of being on my back as Ellie and like shooting all these things. And finally the dog came to me and it was like my last bullet and I took him like... That I don't. That is not shit that's happening by coincidence. Like those moments are happening on purpose because they want me in that scene with that desperation of going through everything and exhausting it all to come down to, fuck, I survived this by the skin of my teeth. Like I, I, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm. It is just shitty shooting mechanics. I think they want it to be inaccurate in terms of I'm hitting them in the shoulder rather than headshot, 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 headshot because. I am Joel or whatever, just some haggard smuggler. I am Ellie out there doing my thing. It, I am in this you know situation that they don't want you to feel like you're in complete control of to yeah, one's point I mean, though uh, the, for the uncharted games if if that's all the case because i agree with you greg entirely and i even think that translates to uncharted in a more han solo like shoot and fucking run away when you're out of bullets type way yeah. but um they shouldn't have headshot counters then <laughs> i know i'm right there with you i'm right there with you that that is like mixed messaging for sure right it's in the same way i think that like right it was I'm sure they said it, but they never drove it home. And it was like, what, till Uncharted 3, maybe even 4, where somebody was finally like, well, no, the the screen gets red because Nathan Drake's luck's running out. It's not because he's getting shot. It's the buildup till he gets shot. And I was like, 
that is very smart. Why didn't you ever say that before? You know what I mean? Like that would have, I think, framed the game in a very different way of like, we always joke around about it, right? Of like, Drake gets shot a gajillion times and then in one cut scene he gets shot. He's like, oh God. He's like, well, you know, he got shot in the, no, he never really got shot. Oh, that makes sense. But why are we just talking about that now? Before we move on to the next one, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Purple. Technology has improved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping, get mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep, but we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The secret to Purple is the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for every body. You get it? Like everybody. You know what I mean? Anyway, no matter how you sleep, I've been using the the purple, the pillow, and oh my God, Kevin, you need to try this out. You need to get one of these. This purple grid, it makes sure that the pillow never gets hot. And like, I heard this and I'm like, I don't trust that. You know how I am with heat in my sleep. It is so perfectly cool. You never need to flip the sides. It's just always there. I'm a two pillow guy normally. Nowadays, I'm a one pillow guy. This pillow is everything I need it to be. It's fantastic. Uh, the purple mattress is Tim, soft where you want great. it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable purple grid won't sink or lose shape. And I can attest to that so far with the pillow at least. like it's been, I've had it for months now, and it is still just perfect. Um, Purple's so confident in what they do that every Purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny and use promo code kindoffunny. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny for $150 off any mattress of $1,500 or more. Terms apply. But once again, purple.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code. Kind of funny. Anime titties. <laughs> um, here we go. Bless. Hold on to your shit. DJCP um, says, Breath of the Wild is a boring don't. game. The world is empty. There's way too much admin. There's no real exploring and quests are completely mundane. I think because it has some new in-game physics and a beautiful soundtrack, it gets a pass on being fundamentally not that great, especially for a Zelda title. If the same game didn't have Zelda in the title and wasn't a launch game, it wouldn't be given nearly as much props. Give me Wind Waker. I hate that argument so much because it's so wrong. Like, if Breath of the Wild was a brand new game, Breath of the Wild would still be the greatest game ever made. Um, (laughs) Man, where do we even start? Me and Emma were actually having this conversation on Twitter about a a bit about empty open worlds, which I thought was interesting. I was saying that I don't think... I think the phrase empty open world has been so misused over the last like let's say four or five years of now that people like they when they say empty open world what they mean is there's mechanics of the game that don't like justify it being empty like the lore of this world has not justified it being empty for me so i don't i'm not getting anything in exchange for not seeing npcs everywhere but what that changed into over time was people seeing the words empty open world and connecting it to something negative and then just going, well, this world doesn't have anything in it. It's empty. That's it's bad. I don't think Breath of the Wild is that. I don't think Breath of the Wild is empty at all. There's stuff everywhere. There's landmarks yeah. everywhere. The thing is, for a lot of people, those landmarks are rewarding. If you're just going about and like, I want to see everything in this game, I want to like... The way I played Breath of the Wild was I basically had a heading. I said, okay, I'm going to go towards that mountain today. 
and then I will get distracted by whatever I get distracted by on the way. And that's like my goal is eventually to get to this mountain. And I just change goals once I hit somewhere else and do something new or discovered what's on the way there. I think that's the ideal way to play that game because if you're just going around going like, well, I want to get as strong as I can before I go to fight Ganon, or I want to get all this stuff around here, all around this area before I go into the dungeon, you're going to get burned out real quick because that's the, that is the design of open world games is you are des- asked as a player to constantly look around and explore things. But if you do that, you're just going to go, I'm tired of this game at some point, whether that's 10 hours in, 40 hours in, 400 hours in. But at some point, you just need to go, all right, this is done. I'm not playing this anymore. And I think Breath of the Wild hits that point at varying places for other people. But I don't think it being empty is that reason. I think the things you find not being engaging for those people are the reason. Yeah, I, I mean, I think to the empty open world thing, too, like the emptiest open world game I can think of is Shadow of the Colossus. And that is also one of the greatest games ever made, if you were to ask me. Like, I, I don't think emptiness at all like equates to bad quality. I think it is like how you, how you use the world and what the world is meant to do. And I think in the case of Breath of the Wild, like one, I don't I, I think it's very far from empty like that for me playing Breath of the Wild felt like the world was bigger than most worlds, uh, most like open worlds I had explored because they had populated it with such interest, like such inter- interesting landmarks. Like the, the, the actual placement and design of that world felt like uh, it mattered in a way that like I've rarely seen in a video game. Like when you're placing, when you're placing the Great Plateau, right? And you look around and you see Death Mountain and you see the deserts and you see uh, the wintry area and you look up and you see like a thing flying in the sky right like the way they kind of set things up to to make the open world feel uh vast like at the very moment you you step foot in it and then the way that kind of pays off over and over and over again the more you you explore and discover i think makes that game what it is to the to the point of the person that wrote in like when you talk about like the quests feeling not meaningful like yeah, the side quests in Breath of the Wild don't feel meaningful. Like the the side quests in Breath of the Wild don't really matter uh, that much. At least the way I played, I'm sure a, a lot of people did them, but like I kind of skipped through all the side quests because I didn't find them interesting. Um, and like, yeah, like if you're I, if you're also playing that game for the story, like I think I could see that being underwhelming. But I also don't think those are the things that the game is truly about. Like I think it's more so the gameplay experience, and it's more so uh, that like. Like that that immersive experience of like getting kind of lost in Hyrule and like discovering all the, all the different um shrines and uh Koroxes if that if that's your thing like I think I, I honestly think it's one of those things where it's like if you reframe the way you, you look at the game and you reframe the way that you're interacting with the game then you kind of start to get like exactly what the game wants you to do. Like I love Breath of the Wild, right? But I remember distinctly at some point I forget it wasn't it was early ish on when i don't know we had been working all day and i came home to play and i only had a few hours or maybe even 45 minutes or whatever and i remember getting frustrated with it because it wasn't telling me what to do it was that thing where i had like the i had the quest log obviously but like remember and it's been a while since i played remember they were almost like riddles they were like questions they weren't telling you exactly it's like oh the guy would you know i'm like what the fuck and i go to where i the dlc I don't know. Am I? I don't remember. I think this was the DLC. I thought it was just the missions in general, because I remember at some point, maybe it was, maybe it was. Because I mean, at least this story that you're talking about, if I remember correctly, I think it's when the, it was DLC one. Okay, and I didn't know what to, and I didn't know where to go, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't, yeah, because it was yeah. just that thing of that game is so special and so magical. But I think trying to play it in a specific way and make it do what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it was my problem. 
at least that one night. Cause that's the only time I remember being frustrated with it. The other, you know, the other story I have is when Tim, we had it and we flew to Boston or New York or whatever it was for whatever event. And I remember getting up once to go to the bathroom and telling you how great it was and sitting back down and the flight was over. And I was, yeah. I remember getting off like that was the fastest flight I've ever had in my life. And it was six hours. Cause it was just, we sat there with our power bricks playing fucking me, you Daniel Dwyer. <laughs> that was great. Ignacio Rojas writes in and says, Halo combat evolved. Isn't as good as people remember. I recently played the first Halo game for the first time, and while I can see why people might have liked it back in the day, the game doesn't hold up. The game does a terrible job of telling you where to go, which doesn't help when most of the time you're going through areas that look exactly the same. Waypointing is almost non-existent, only appearing at random moments in the campaign. The story is okay at best, and first-person shooter gameplay has evolved so much since then. After playing Combat Evolved, I'm not sure I want to play any of the other Halo games. What's interesting about this is I don't know that that it's a controversial opinion because he's just saying that it it hasn't aged well. I think you know, most I, people would agree, even Halo fans that Combat Evolved yeah. has not aged well. And like that's my thing is like I I love Halo, especially the the first couple Halos, and it's like playing it now. It's like yeah, I mean, first person shooters have come so far in terms of like even just having aim down sights. Like that game doesn't have that, you know. But like I think the story is good, and I I disagree with a couple of the things he's saying um in terms of like getting lost and not knowing where you're going i think that and granted this was like back at the time like it felt huge and i never felt lost it felt like i was in this big place like not knowing where i'm supposed to go next but like you eventually find it and it's that it was satisfying but greg and i are gonna do a playthrough of his first time ever are we? uh we are yeah sometimes last time we tried god intervened so i don't know two days in well, a row he gave different calamities to stop it so yeah, we're doing it, it. We are doing it for sure before Halo Infinite comes out. I want you to see where we started from to see where we're going. Hopefully, oh, yeah. where we're going is great. And yeah, it's like there's no, there's not a chance in hell you play this game and you're like, I, this is the best first person shooter I ever played. But like, I, I will be shocked if you don't enjoy it, at least the aspects that I think are unique to it and into what made Halo. Special. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be like, man, but fuck the flood. Fuck that. Oh part, my God. Because that's all flood. <laughs> Yeah, I actually played uh, the Halo, uh, um, uh, the first game. What Halo uh, CE? Halo is Combat. Yeah, Combat Evolved. Thank you. I was like, what is, why can't I think of what it's called? Halo, Halo Combat Evolved for the first time a couple years ago. Uh, the campaign, and I mean, to what to to what Ignacio was saying in his thing, like like yeah, it's not aged well by twenty eighteen or twenty twenty standards, but like I don't know, I found it still pretty impressive as far as like putting my mind in the state of the PS two Xbox generation, like. It still seemed like a thing where I was like, oh, man, this seems really good for a game from that era. Uh, and like to the point, I didn't I don't remember getting lost that much uh, in any of the maps. So there you go. There oh, you there go. You mm, doggy <laughs> says Crackdown 3 was actually a pretty fun game that people just want to bag on because the graphics weren't great and it had a, a rough development cycle. I would have rated it above other games that year, like Control and Outer Worlds. That, uh, yeah. that last part's insane. But the rest of it, <laughs> like I, I, I remember going to a crackdown event and I was like, I it was played about two hours of the game. And I came out, I came back to the like morning meeting and said, actually, crackdown three is really good. Like it's not amazing or anything, but it's surprisingly fun, which is odd considering its development cycle. When reviews came out, I was kind of surprised because it did like the reviews kind of did trash on it, but the game itself is like we were talking about like like manhunt, like other games. It's a very good just kind of chill, turn your brain off and just yeah, yeah. play game. It's nothing 
extremely special. Like if I were Microsoft, I wouldn't have made that a big thing for five years. But I, <laughs> but it is a it's a cool little game that if you have Game Pass, it's worth downloading and checking out for a little while. Tasser C, aka Doctor Tash, says linear games are better than open world games. I.e., Breath of the Wild is less fun due to less direction and more openness. I loved Final Fantasy XIII. Now, I can't agree wow. with everything you're saying. <laughs> but I will say that I wish, I, wish, I wish that I loved Final Fantasy XIII. And I do not love Final Fantasy XIII. But it's not because it didn't have towns and it wasn't open and all that stuff. I liked that it was linear. I just think that its story wasn't linear. And its story was too complicated, and it had it been told in, in a linear fashion that would have made sense with factions that didn't sound like the exact same thing. Falci and C, whatever the fuck. Let's I don't see. even know. I'm sure. Let's see, Come on, no. guys. Like, garbage. Garbage. Um, <laughs> but the game was super fun, and there was a lot a lot there. And I feel like uh, the flip side of that, like, it's funny he brings up Breath of the Wild and Final Fantasy XIII specifically because I think that – while I didn't need the towns in Final Fantasy 13, and that's not what bothered me about that game, the towns were something that really added to Breath of the Wild to me uh, that made it feel not empty. That anytime you'd find one, it felt like it, a, a real world. It felt like something that wasn't just like, oh, this exists here and there's nothing in between it and the next town. It felt like, oh, there's a reason this town's here. And this town has a unique culture to it that it makes sense with the the climate and the, the biome that it's that it's currently in. And that's why the the emptiness is a, a weird thing for me. I a think lot, a lot of a ahead. lot of this is preference, which I think is uh, is fine. Like whether or not you're into open world games or linear games. I found though recently that I think I'm starting to hit the point where I more prefer open world games over uh, linear games. Like when I'm thinking about the games that I'm most excited for, like I'm really looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima. I'm really looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077. I'm really looking forward to Breath of the Wild too. Like. There's something about being able to kind of get lost in a world and go whatever direction and kind of fuck off and do your thing and, and explore like a, a like a really big space that has been really appealing uh, to me lately. Is it appealing to you lately? Because don't get me wrong, that always appeals to me too. But I also feel like I go back and forth, right? And also it's this idea that games are getting more open because of tech because of uh demands because of whatever even you know yesterday or yeah you're right yes it's thursday yesterday in the uh state of play for last of us right they talked about like bigger open environments than ever right they showed ellie on a horse showing how easy <laughs> very much breath of all, how easy it was to ride around different places and get to different things like i think games are opening up that way last of us part two being an example of it right of like mm-hmm. there's a cry for that and i don't so i don't it's almost like how we used to t- uh, in the old days, you know, like, oh, man, this game has RPG elements. Like, that would be something you would talk about in a review, whereas now you just, we assume pretty much every fucking game has RPG elements, right? What does that even mean anymore? You, you earn stuff as you go. You level up as you go. I feel like it's so rare now, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot with a shotgun pellet of 100 games coming out tomorrow, but I feel like it's so rare that you have those linear games that get those i I think triple a has moved to an open world spot if that makes sense Mm -hmm. where it's more likely than not that the triple a big budget whatever they're pushing is going to be more open world have that kind of mechanics i mean even roping in last of us like i'm talking about with what they showed um than the bunch of double a linear games that are going out right now or whatever i guess it's interesting you say that because like there was an ea financial call recently where they kind of noted a backlash against open world where they they're trying to go with like because of success of fallen order which maybe that success is 
primarily because of, it's a respawn game and a Star Wars game. Right. But they see like a bigger chance for linear games to be a huge thing now again. And hmm. I don't necessarily think you're wrong that like a lot of AAA games now are open world because it's a big selling point. And if you got the money, why not? Yeah. But I do think we're viewing a bigger schism in the gaming market slash community slash whatever these days of. The idea of making your own fun and the idea of having the fun design for you. And those, there are people who will just like the, who was, I don't remember who wrote in, but when they, that's probably one of their things is they prefer linear games because the game is designed for you to have fun. The designer has a specific emotion they're trying to elicit from you from their design. Meanwhile, open world games are a list and saying, okay, we want the act of doing this thing to be fun, but how you do it, go about it is going to be up to you. And some people find that more fun. 2D Maybe Mario first, versus 3D Mario. Yeah, it's honestly very similar to that. Like, for me, it's just kind of... You can do both in either, honestly. Like, I didn't really like Red Dead because of the way it held your hand in a lot of ways. But I do like some open world games that do hold your hand. I like some open world games that are freely open. I like some linear games that, you know, let you do things the way you want to do them. Matt Douse says, my most controversial opinion... Chinatown Wars is the best Grand Theft Auto game by far. The drug dealing mechanics not making it into GTA 5 was mad as I lost so many hours to selling across the city. Chinatown Wars, I can't believe how, myself included, how much that game gets overlooked. Or I'll, was, I'll forget about it. We did, I, when we did PlayStation Hidden Gems on PS I Love You, I brought it up because, like, I totally, and I granted, I mean, it started as a DS game, I'm aware, but like, what a fucking game. What a fucking game Chinatown Wars is. It, it was a re- part of a really disastrous Nintendo E3 conference where, <laughs> like, I think that was 2008, oh, where, God, like... Wii Music year? I don't remember. might have been Wii Music. It might have been Ravi Drums, yeah. Ravi Drums and Cami Dunway and all, like, oh that stuff where, like, they kind of pivoted hard towards casual audiences. And their two core games were Animal Crossing, which would tell you a lot about what they think about the, what the core is, and GTA uh chinatown wars so a lot of people just kind of held that against that game because like who wants to play a gta on ds but it had a lot of good design decisions and like the mini games were surprisingly fun and it was a good melding of that class of gta with like the more at the time more recent uh 3d incursion of gta let's see i, I i'm I shouldn't be surprised at how many anti-Naughty Dog things there are, but there are quite, quite a <laughs> bit. Really? Dozens of us. Uh, Robert Mims says, My controversial gaming opinion is simple. Naughty Dog's overrated and their games don't feel good to play. I've tried and failed to enjoy every Naughty Dog game since the Jack series, owing mostly to the gameplay just feeling sluggish and heavy to me. I don't want to hate on anything. I just don't think they make games that feel good to play. Wow. I will say I don't like, like the word overrated. Like in general. I, I can see that. I can feel that too. I... Is it, I feel like I could have vied with that more during like the PS3 generation because I I I like because I had a lot of complaints about Uncharted, uh, especially Uncharted one through three. Like d- during the PS3 generation, I feel like Naughty Dogs really got their shit together on the PS4 though. Like I feel like uh, Uncharted four felt perfect to play to me. Same with Lost Legacy. Uh, and I guess Last of Us was a PS3 game. I almost forgot, but like Last was also like is a game that for me for the most part feels fine even though replaying it now i'm starting to see like the uh where like gun sway can kind of get kind of annoying but i don't know it's interesting it's interesting interesting to me to hear people have this opinion 
Bless. This episode is just targeting you, man. Is it really? <laughs> is that Sonic? Oh, no. Um, is Yod, Donkey no, Kong? it's not Sonic. It's not Sonic. It's not Donkey Kong. Amiad Fredman says, my most controversial gaming opinion is Metal Gear Solid 5 is a bad game. It's a jack of all <laughs> trades, master of none. It's a stealth game with no. not very good stealth, a third person shooter with not very good shooting, and an open world game that feels repetitive, bland, and uninspired. That's I picked it up, I'm- excited to experience a ten out of ten, and left after five to ten hours, wondering if what I was missing, wondering what a I was missing that all- everyone else seemed to get. A master of all trades, five at all. Like Jack- Vinegar Solo does one thing right, but it does it so fucking right that it like yeah. almost compensates for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like this, like. The- like the story is like the worst Metal Gear story, but like the stealth gameplay is the best stealth gameplay out of any video game Period. I've ever played. And so, like when you're talking about like Jack of all trades, master of none, it's literally the opposite. They literally min max stealth in that game. They're literally like, "Yo, all right, how do we put all our stats into making this the best stealth game as possible?" And they're like, "All right, to do that, we just got to sacrifice the story." And then Kojima <laughs> signed, signed, signed the, the document, and they like they had a great day. He just like took out the part that says story and then added long jeep ride. And that's the yeah. entire game. <laughs> uh, then Whatever. Staying with this, Josh from Maryland says, regarding the my opinion, mine's that Hideo Kojima games are just not fun. I've tried over and over, and I appreciate the art, but I do not care about credits plastered every mission, confusing controls, obtuse gameplay, incomprehensible stories, and puzzling trailers. Beautiful games, though. I think one, two, taste, one, two, and three are amazing. Three is legitimately one of the best games of all time. Yes. Four, I could take or leave like or it's fucking fun. fantastic it's i amazing. will bite you so here's my problem <laughs> with four four is you are the game was designed in such a way that it wants you to get in firefights when you're caught and i don't like playing Metal Gear Solid games that way because in Metal Gear Solid 3 each the individual area was a smaller screen like a smaller area however if in four they're all fucking huge because it's the PS3 generation. They wanted to go big. So if you get caught and you restart or get gunned down or whatever, you start way back at the beginning of a very long area, which could have been like 45 minutes of stealth back. So that's an annoying thing that I'm like, the fact that they didn't recognize that makes me think that they expected it to be more of an action game, which is not the way I play those games. It's the way I play games, and I fucking <laughs> love it for that. Like it reminds, it feels like Uncharted to me, and you can play it that way. And that's oh my god! It reminds me again of Fast and Furious. What I was saying, where it's a Metal Gear Solid Four rewarded you for liking Metal Gear Solid's craziness. Yes, and like from a story sure. perspective, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, let's go, baby!" Um, nanobiologist, I'm liking this one. <laughs> Assassin's Creed is the most influential video game ever made. It added mechanics that we still see in modern gaming, including free running, towers to reveal maps, climbing up almost any structure, detailed alert meters, etc., and doesn't get enough credit for being the father of the latest generation of gaming starting in the 360 era. Additionally, Breath of the Wild is severely overrated and takes too much credit from other games that do everything way better than the half-assed features of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I feel like everyone I hate y'all, man. Like, I hate y'all. Put the Breath of the Wild thing aside. The Assassin's everyone, Creed stuff. I agree... Like, I don't know if it's Assassin's Creed Pioneer all that stuff, or it just happened to be on the cusp of it. Like, it happened to lead that vanguard. But it it definitely, like, you can trace back a lot of lineage to that first Assassin's Creed game, especially AC2. But it just so happens that's kind of where third-person action games were going at the time. I don't think it's entirely that, like, Patrice Desolet, like, created all this stuff on his own from his own mind. It's just, yeah, that's kind of where the, the game design in general was heading at the time. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the kind of funny games cast of most controversial gaming opinions. We didn't even get to the reset era thread. We didn't even give too many of our own. We didn't definitely nice did not try, get through. My last your... controversial gaming opinion is that I am alive is a terrible game. And I, it's not a story I bring up often. This is a game I reviewed and gave a 4.5 on IGN. I wrote it in all of what? One, two, three, four, five, six seven eight nine paragraphs is all it took me to say i am alive has great ideas and poor execution it ends up being a flat frustrating game that isn't worth your time or money meanwhile over on fucking game informer tim turry comes in gives it an 8.5 says good survival games have been hard to come by this console generation but i am alive proves there is still new ground to break the great oppressive atmosphere constant struggle to find supplies and combating wanton scavengers uh, transports players to a world only experienced in harrowing novels like cormac mccarthy's the road i'm alive's desperate scenario and in inventive gameplay should not be missed by masochist gamers interested in entering a world of unrelenting dread. Fuck that, Tim. You're crazy. It has currently on fucking Metacritic right now a 69 for its Xbox 360. Nice. A 69. You're all nice. fucking crazy people. That was that Jade Raymond game, right? That was Ubisoft. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think it was Ubisoft Shanghai, though. Did she have something to do with it? She might have been executive producer, but I'm not gotcha. sure. They, they had her name to it in some way. It, yeah, and it took forever to come out. Yeah. Something tells me we're going to do this topic again, going into <laughs> to way more stuff. But even now in the post show, if you're a patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporter, we're going to be getting into even more of your controversial opinions. Let's get to it. <laughs> 